Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. You've made the best decision you could possibly make by tuning your ear to the Word of God. I would love to invite you to stay updated with us on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us at Revival House Church. Father, bless this person and let the seed of the Word multiply 30, 60, and 100 times over in Jesus' name. We, we know from the word very clearly that Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, right? According, say according to the scripture. Not according to my experience or your experience. If we just took this book and, and basically just did an exhausted study and said no opinion, no Pentecostal theology, no Baptist theology, no Methodist theology. I believe anybody that would read this book with an open mind for what it says would see that Jesus clearly paid the price for physical healing. Amen. You know, well, if that's the truth, then why didn't this person or why didn't that person or why didn't I? I don't like those questions, guys. You know, like ultimately because we're still human beings and we and we miss it sometimes. You know, like even even the Bible says on this side, we only know in part. Did you know that? Not that there's greater revelation outside of the word of God, but we only see things in part. And then when we come into his presence, we'll, we'll, we'll step into the fullness. We'll have full re- revelation, understanding, and knowledge. You know, but again, it's like, how come this person didn't get healed? How come that person didn't get healed? I don't know, you know. Maybe I ate a bad taco as a minister, and I woke up the next day, and I had, my stomach hurt, and I didn't have any faith for someone. To, I have no idea, you know. Are you with me? I don't like those questions. Because ultimately... We believe what we believe because it's what the word says. Our, our, our doctrine, Jesus didn't say build your, your house on your experience. He said build your house on my word. And it's a solid foundation like a person that builds their house on bedrock. Say the word. You know. So regardless of what we experience, shoot, I could get to a point where, which I won't, but, you know, I could have three cents in my bank, and I would say, I'm rich. Why are you rich? You got three cents. Well, because the Bible says. That's what the Word of God says about me. That's what the Word of God says belongs to me. That's what the Word of God says is my inheritance. And so I believe it. Whether I, That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And you have to believe it before you ever even see it. That's the thing. Abraham had to call himself the father of nations before he ever had one kid. And he was 100. He wasn't my age. Oh, I'm going to have the, um, you know, a nation of descendants. People will be like, oh, that's great. I believe you. But when you're 100 saying that, people are like, you're crazy. <laughs> have you looked in the mirror? How many kids do you have? Abraham, father of nations? Oh, I don't have any kids yet. You do realize you're a hundred, (laughs) right? But it says that although Abraham grew older, his faith never weakened. In fact, it just got stronger. He became more confident in what God said about him. And so faith is believing without seeing. Amen. And then as I said in Romans chapter 5, The title, at least in the NLT, the title of that passage is Faith Brings Joy. Why does faith bring joy? Because I have the absolute assurance that I have, I've already received, I have it, it's mine, what God says in this word. Amen.
Praise God. But turn to your neighbor and say, you have enough to get going. You know, you, got, you, you have to have teaching. That's important. But you also have to have a very real encounter with Jesus Christ, a real encounter. Say a real encounter. You know, and, and, and again, I, I am convinced that sadly many people never have a real encounter. They'll go to church maybe their whole life and they've never had a real encounter with God. I love the, I love the um, and, and I'm not saying that condemningly, like, shame on you, you have it. No, I'm saying because I want you to have it. It changes everything. Amen. Guys, teaching, I, I, I'm telling you, teaching is great, but without the Holy Ghost, teaching does nothing for people. The, the religious leaders had the entire Old Testament memorized, and yet when Jesus was in the flesh, they couldn't even recognize him. Are you guys with me tonight? So the, the encounter that you have with Jesus is what puts the fire in you to carry the teaching out. Are you all with me? Teaching is important. Some people don't need more teaching. And so, there's many Christians, as I was saying, that they've, they've been to church their whole life. They've never had a real encounter. Anyways, I was saying that there was a brother that came up to me one time. This was funny. And uh, he asked me, he's like, can you pray for me? And I was like, sure. And he was like, I want you to pray. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you know who I'm talking about, don't laugh, all right? Because so, this is awesome. Seriously, I love this. And, and I was like, okay. And he was like, you know, I've never had that moment where the Holy Ghost comes up to me and says, hi, I'm Holy Ghost. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I laughed. I thought that was funny. But I was like, man, that's true. That's authentic. That's real. Because truly there is a lot of Christians that they hear all about God, but they never encounter him. And, and, and I'm telling you guys that there is a real encounter that you can have with Jesus. The fact that he's not, I say that a lot, he's not a thought, he's not an idea, he's not some spiritual force, he's a real resurrected living person. You can, you can have a very real encounter with God that changes everything. Say it changes everything. You know, I finally, I was on my broadcast this morning looking for this scripture and I could not found, find it, but I found it before service started. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says in verse 15, At just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. He lives in light so brilliant, no human can approach him. Who's heard my testimony when I had the vision where I saw Jesus? You've heard that testimony. I told you that that's what I saw. Literally, he was so holy that I couldn't, I couldn't even lift my, my face to look at him. You know, Apostle Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus, it says that suddenly he was struck with a blinding light. Say a blinding light. Here's kind of my point. What is that light? It's the holiness of God. It's the glory of God. 
God is light. There is no darkness in him whatsoever. That light isn't like Jesus has a light bulb in him. It is, it's his glory. And when you encounter that, it changes a person. I'm telling you, it marks a person. It changes a person forever. Like addiction. The, when you encounter stuff like that, guys, it really, like, sin loses its appetite in your life. When you begin to encounter Jesus, it's like you, you see that. You're like, man, I don't want to go watch pornography. I don't want to go run around and do this stuff. I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to do this stuff anymore. It changes a person. And so it's important for us to have teaching. I really want uh, our Sunday mornings at 930, they're going to be teaching times where I'm just going through fundamental doctrines of the Bible, teaching the Word of God. We should be making disciples. We should be teaching them to obey the Word of God as the, as the Bible instructs. Amen? But church can't always be teaching. Actually, I think that that's, that's what a, a major problem is, is that church is all teaching, 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 and you begin to get this idea as a Christian that your existence is coming Sunday to Sunday to Wednesday to Wednesday and just getting teaching, 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 right? But God, I'll say it to you like this. God does not want you in never-ending university. Amen. Do you think even from a natural standpoint where, can you imagine being like 19, 20, you go into college, people are like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Well, I'm going to go to college. And I'm going to go to college for the next 10 years, and every day, Monday through Friday, I go to college, and then I go to college, and then guess what? When I'm 40, I'm going to go to college. When I'm 50, I'll be in college. When I'm 60, I'll be in college. 70, college. 80, college. 90, college. And I get to 100, and I die, and I go to heaven. No. You go to college, and then what do you do? You go to work. Say, go to work. And so... People need teaching, but they also need to encounter God. And that's what I've been loving about, like, wasn't Sunday powerful? And it was amazing because it wasn't some show, you know. It was like there was no man, there was no centerpiece. It was just Jesus moving on people's hearts. Hallelujah. Miss Shane, what happened? Your grandson got baptized, right? Wow. How old is he? Seven years old. He's reading my book. That's amazing. That's what I pray for. You know, that's why I want to create space for people. And I want to encourage you to be a Christian as well, that you don't only come for, guys, I'm telling you, like Christians or some Christians are an information overload all the time, which it's good, good to have teaching. But the problem is, is that we, we really do have a generation of Christians, the American church, that they receive teaching, 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 teaching. They know all the right stuff, but then not a lot of Christians, you know, doing anything. 
I'm not saying you're not doing anything. I'm just saying in general, like a general scope. Are you guys with me? And, you know, you can know about God, but that doesn't mean you know him. Do you know that? I think that a lot of people even pray to an idea of God. You know, that's, I was, I just think, maybe I'm just thinking out loud right now, but I think that times like, this is me personally, times that I've struggled wanting to pray with, to God is because I was doing it religiously. I was praying with the thought, right? I was praying to the thought of God, not him. Praying because I needed to pray. Praying because that, you know, that's my religious duty and I can get my religious check and, okay, I, I prayed, I fasted, I did this stuff, and then you lose the reality of, if you realize that you're, you have a living relationship with Jesus who's alive, who's resurrected, and you can go boldly before the throne of God, prayer doesn't become boring, it becomes amazing. Because I'm actually talking to someone who hears me. Are you guys with me? I, you get what I'm saying? There's a lot of people, they don't live with that reality that he's, he's resurrected, he's alive. I don't have to go and, oh, Father... Thee and thou, will you, you know, like walking outside today. I'm walking outside, and I just feel with my spirit, and I begin to talk to him. Father, just touch your people. Touch your people. Touch your people. Do what only you can do. Touch your people. Amen. Paul says this in Hebrews 5, 11 through 12. There's much more I'd like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. I'm not saying that to you. You guys are like, seriously, Pastor John? (laughs) No. This next part. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Say, I should be teaching others. Say, I have enough to teach others. Say, I have enough. To teach others. And I've been wanting these last services that we've been doing, I've really been pulling back. Instead of getting up and trying to give people a nine point, you know what, let's get up here and blow their minds. Man, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to give you something you've never heard in your entire life. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you a revelation so deep it'll make your head spin. I just don't, you know what I mean? It's like, great, we should teach the word, but it's at some point, and I'm telling you that there's really that pressure. There really is, like on a minister, and I'm just opening the curtain that you have this pressure because everything's so entertainment driven. You got to, we got to get up here and we got to entertain them, and I need to give them five points, prayer points, how to get answered prayers, five points to answer prayer that you've never heard, and they rhyme, and they pop, and they're entertaining, and they sound good, and you know, great, whatever, be creative, that's fine, but there's just such this, this push, and then you have Christians that they, they get taught, 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 but I'm telling you, it's not just the word, you have to have an encounter with Jesus, that's what changes people. And so I've been wanting to pull back a little bit and say, you know what, Lord, like we can continue to teach, but listen, I know all of you in this church, and I'm thankful for the day that we continue to step into a greater place the Lord has us gone, where this room, every service will be filled with new believers. But I know every one of you, you know enough. You know enough. You know enough to be dangerous to hell. 
You already, right where you're at, you know enough. You know enough about faith. You know enough about healing. You know enough about your authority over the devil. You know enough to do some major damage to hell. And so I've been pulling back saying, Lord, you know, we're not worshiping this thought and this idea of you because this is what happened to me. You've heard my story when I was 16. Say, do you remember when? I'm going to pull some people out of the crowd tonight spontaneously as the Spirit leads, and I'm going to have you share about the time you got filled with God's Spirit. The Lord was, (laughs) hallelujah. The Lord was bringing me back to, to mine this morning, and it was just so powerful. Because I remember I was telling this story um, this morning in, in my broadcast, but when I was 16, you've, you've heard I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and I don't know if I've ever went into some more of the details about that, but I'll just kept you up to date if you haven't heard, and then and we'll see what the Holy Ghost does, but I know I'm rabbit trailing a lot. Guys, I'm taking the scripture literal tonight. I'm not relying on my own lofty, persuasive, grand speech tonight to get a hold of your hearts. I'm just believing God to touch you. That's all that I'm doing. I'm believing him. So say, you know enough. You know, and I'll also tell you that all you really need is two things. You, you, you'll spend the rest of your life learning. Amen. And you'll never stop learning. You should never stop learning. But all you really need is these two things. This comes from Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him, meaning the Antichrist, Satan, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's two things that you need in your arsenal to just walk in signs, wonders, miracles, to do damage to the kingdom of hell. And it's these two things. Number one, the blood of the Lamb. You need to be able to tell people what Jesus did for them. Very simple. If you can do that, man, I'm telling you, you can be used greatly by God. Let me tell you, Jesus was pierced for your transgressions. He paid the price for my sin. He paid the price for your sin. Jesus died so that I could be made the righteousness of God. It's very simple. He'll cast your sin. You can just tell people, he'll cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. God will forgive you the fact that you're alive today, the fact that you're breathing, the fact that you're not already dead is the grace and mercy of God drawing you, giving you an opportunity to receive him today because he loves you. He's not mad at you. He doesn't hate you. He's not trying to kill you because I promise you if God was trying to kill you, you'd already be dead. The Bible actually says that the reason that he's even slow to return is because he's, he's giving people a chance to repent because he wills that none should perish but all come to the knowledge of the truth. That means he wants everybody saved. I mean, it's just so simple. Guys, there's good news. You can be free. Jesus shed his blood for you. He shed his blood for me. It's very simple. We've all sinned. Amen? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You've sinned. I've sinned. We've all sinned. And the wages of sin is death. So somebody has to die because of sin. There has to be death. 
The Bible says without the remission of blood, uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So there has to be death. There has to be shedding of blood. So what happened? God sent Jesus as our substitute. He died for me so that I don't have to die. He shed his blood so that I don't have to shed my blood. It's just as simple as that. And now I can be totally forgiven and be in right standing with God. I can have peace with God today. And every person can have peace with God today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we've, we're the one that muddies up everything. I've been thinking about that. And I'm like, you know, it's religion that muddies the waters. It's really not a complex, complicated thing. God loves you. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Amen. So you need to be able to do these two things. Number one, this is what Jesus did for me. Number two. Number one, this is what Jesus did in general, shed his blood. Number two, this is what Jesus did for me in my life. We overcome him by the what? Blood of the lamb. This is what the word of God says Jesus did. And then number two, this is what he did for me. Amen. Guys, I'm really telling you that people aren't looking for a 10-point sermon on Calvinism versus Arminianism. It's great. We should teach people. You should have a knowledge and you'll grow in those things. But just tell people what God has done for you. Amen. He set me free. He gave me joy. He gave me peace. Let me tell you where I was. Let me tell you where I'm at. Let me tell you what I've seen. I love telling people how God healed my wife. I talk about it all the time. I love telling people how the power of God, I'm pretty sure, raised my daughter up from the, from the grave. I mean, resurrected her right there. It was amazing. All you need is those two things. Are you with me? And it is interesting, guys, I'm telling you. The Dead Sea has no life in it. Who knows what the Dead Sea is? Who's ever heard of the Dead Sea? It has no life in it. It has no life in it because... There is a flow of water into the Dead Sea, but there's no outlet out of it. Are you with me? So there's a stream that brings water into the Dead Sea, but there's nothing that flows out of the Dead Sea. So guess what? No life can live. So you can't only, it's great, you have to have the stream coming in. But without the stream going out, you're dead. You're dead. You're a dead Christian without a stream flowing out of you. Jesus said there will be a river of living water flowing from your innermost being. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I don't know about you, but I, I, I just think about that, and I'm like, I want to live for Jesus more. Amen. I want to I witness to more people every day. Every day. Take those two things and run. <laughs> hallelujah those two things right there run say run <laughs> thank you Jesus I remember all that God did for me. I was telling these stories, but, you know, how God was using us early as teenagers. Who was on the broadcast this morning? 
So some of you guys already heard this, but you'll just hear this quickly, and then I'm going to let some of y'all share some stuff as well. But, um, you know, when I was 16, you've heard kind of my testimony. We didn't grow up in Pentecostal church. I should say this. When I was 16, I had an encounter with God that was real to me for the first time. Because I, I did grow up kind of, I remember being a kid and like our church bringing in an African preacher and he did miracles. And so I wasn't just oblivious, but this was when it was first real to me. And so, um, but nonetheless, we weren't Pentecostal, right? Don't let that word scare you. I've actually had church members get so mad at me for calling us Pentecostal believers. And I'm like, you don't it's just because you have the denominational idea of what that means. I'm not talking about jean skirt and women, you can't wear makeup and you got to have long hair. And I'm not talking about that. Pentecostal believers just basically means that you believe that the gift, you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You believe in speaking in tongues. You believe in all nine gifts of the spirit. They're in full operation today. In a nutshell, if you believe those things, you're a Pentecostal believer. Amen. But we didn't grow up like that, you know. Um, and so I, I had never seen someone like laying hands and someone falling out under the power. I wasn't trained to think like that. So when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was in this youth camp. They had this fiery evangelist from Australia. He was preaching. And anyways, he calls us up. I remember running up to the front. You've heard this story many times, but I'm pressing in. I'm just hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm 16 years old. I'm a heathen boy chasing girls, wasn't holy, wasn't trying to be holy, wasn't pretending to be holy, but I was hungry for God. And guys, I'm telling you, we, religion is what disqualifies people. Are you with me? Religion is the thing that makes, looks at a person and says, you're disqualified from receiving, you're disqualified from being used by God because you've messed up too much. That's a lie from hell. It's not true. Every single person in here, I'm telling you, God wants nothing more than you to be full of the fire, full of joy. Your, your conscience completely clean and, and, and washed by the blood of Jesus, of every sin, of all sin. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's so, so amazing being washed by the blood of Jesus. Because you realize I'm right with God. He's not withholding anything from me. <laughs> when you understand the blood of Jesus, people think that God's like withholding certain things from you because you haven't earned it. No, I am right with God. I have it all. Amen. I'm in his good. I'm in right standing with him. And you are too. Not by your own good works, but by faith. As a free gift, say it's free. So just believe it and receive it. Actually, right now, just lift your hands and thank God that you're right with Jesus, that you're right with God by the blood of Jesus. You are righteous. Hallelujah. And it's actually amazing. Amen. Amen. It's amazing, guys, because I just don't feel any pressure at all. Lord, I haven't done enough for you to use me. I haven't done enough for the anointing to be on my life. I haven't done enough for miracles. I no, it, it, it's, I, we get all of that because of the blood of Jesus. These signs will follow those who what? Do all these good works? No, you believe and then you do the good works. 
That's just, God's trying to set someone free from that bondage in this room. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. He said, lay hands on the sick. And what did he say? Guys, let me tell you, nobody in this room has the ability to heal the sick. Did you know that? Did you know I can't heal the sick? Did you know you can't heal the sick? But guess what I can do? Here you go. I'm going to do something natural. I'm going to put my hand on somebody, and God's going to do come behind my natural with the supernatural. And by when I just do what he said, by faith and obedience to what the Word of God says, he's going to come behind, and he's going to heal the sick. He'll raise them up. Amen. Because I can't do it. It's just as simple as that. I can't do this, Lord. I can't change anybody's heart in this room. I can't, I can't preach this word and convince you enough. I can't convince teenagers enough to follow Jesus. But if you touch them with the spirit and if you touch them with the fire, I don't have to convince them because you'll do a supernatural work in them where you'll take their heart of stone and you'll give them a heart of flesh and you'll put your fire on them and they'll run because that's what he did for me. <laughs> In fact, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I don't remember what the guy was preaching. I couldn't pull up notes and say, here's his five points. In fact, what he was preaching, honestly, I was lost because I'd never heard it. All I knew was that when he was talking, my heart was burning. (laughs) Oh, man, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, so anyways, I'm pressing in. I'm at this altar. I'm hungry. Lord, heal me. Touch me. Do this. And he goes to pray for this first kid. A wave runs through the room. A wind rushes through the room. It knocks me off of my back. I fell on my back. No catchers, no ushers, no anything, no prayer line. I fell. You know, I'm on my back. I'm probably laying on some kids. And the glory of God came on me. It was so strong. I literally, I remember, I don't, I don't know how long I laid, but I... I didn't get up quickly. And I'm not telling you to put a show on. You guys hear me? Like, I'm not telling you these things so that next time the spirit moves, you think, well, that's what he did, so that's what I have to do. That's not what I'm telling you this for. I'm telling you the glory of God came on me, and it was so heavy. It wasn't like a demon, demonic, heavy presence. It was like a blanket that weighed 600 pounds came on me, and I couldn't lift my head up. I mean, the glory of God was on me. And, when, and the fire of God came on me. And I remember I got up and I began just speaking in other tongues. And I, the Lord was bringing back memories to me this morning that I had totally forgot. But my friend was there with me and he was speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden we look at each other and we start jumping around because we're like, I got it. He's like, I got it. And we're like, we're so excited. We're so happy. I got it. I got it. And then we're standing there, and there was all these kids. There was like hundreds of kids around us crying. And it was so weird because immediately, guys, again, I'd never been in any type of meeting to see anything, but I had the heart of God. It was like Jesus using a 16-year-old. And I felt those kids' sorrow. I remember seeing this little girl that was weeping, and I just felt so much compassion for her. And it was like Jesus, through me, felt compassion for. I felt God's heart for this kid. who was I was also a kid. But it was weird because it was like I wasn't in that moment. It was like I was him, you know. But I'm not him. I'm, but it was, it was, that's how it is. 
That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Then I'm going to go, and I'm going to send the Holy Ghost, and he's going to come in you, and then when they see you, they'll see me. And you know, and I just walked up to this girl, and I put my hand on her shoulder, and she, boom, she fell out under this power of the Spirit. So then we're starting, we look, at, my friend does it, I look, we look at our hand, we're like, what just happened? I'm serious. We just started laying hands on the kids up in the altar, and they just started dropping. And I'm telling you guys right now, I look back, and, you know, I'm not saying this to judge the leadership at all. In hindsight, it's always easier to say shoulda, coulda, woulda done this. I've, I've said that about our own, our own stuff here a thousand times. Man, if I, I just didn't recognize that in the moment. But, guys, that was like, I'm telling you, that that could have started a Asbury level revival. If they would, basically what ended up happening was, I mean, it just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And now all of a sudden it wasn't just us. It was like Jesus inside of all these kids walking around, people getting healed, devils coming out right in front of everyone. And it freaked the leadership out. They didn't want if they're going to cast the devil out of someone, they wanted you to go in like a back room. They didn't want it to be right there to scare people. The kids were getting, other kids who were just receiving this were praying and demons were coming out of other kids. It was just insane. So they actually flipped the lights on. You know, at a youth camp, it's always dark. It's always pitch black. They flip the lights on and they come out and they're like, hey, we're going to stop for tonight. Amen. Let's go back to your room. And I'm telling you that if they wouldn't have done that, we would have been in that auditorium till the next morning, till the next night, till the next, like, it would have started a major, major move of God. I'm telling you. But even though they flipped the lights on, when I walked out of that room, I was drunk. I was literally so full of joy. I've never taken drugs my whole life. But I, I feel like if I, you know, I've never taken LSD or anything, but if I had, this is what it probably felt like. I was just like in the clouds. I remember la- laughing myself to sleep that night. I remember waking up the next morning, still drunk, still laughing. <laughs> I remember when I came home, I mean, my mom could tell you I was different. I was truly different. And I went back to school, and um, I went back to school. You know, and, and this is what I'm talking about, a real encounter with Jesus where you're not just doing the religious works. You know, you're not just winning souls because you know you should. You're winning souls because you're just, it's just, you're in love with God. It's amazing. You're just, you're in the joy of the Lord. It just flows out of you everywhere that you go. I remember I went to school. I I didn't have any soul winning training. I didn't have a soul goal. Those are all great things to have. I didn't have any of that. I just went back to school that year. And, you know, I just remember like going into class and sharing my, to these two things. This is what Jesus did. And this is what he did for me this summer to this Catholic girl. Now all of a sudden this Catholic girl that had never known anything but the Catholic church gets saved. Then she, she's calling me, and it wasn't like a relationship thing, genuinely calling me. Next thing I know, this Catholic girl gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
starts, oh my gosh, this, that, what, what you just, it just happened. I just started speaking in tongues in my bedroom and received the Holy Ghost. I remember I gave a little cross. I don't even know who gave them to me. Somebody bought me like a pack of 10 little metal crosses. And I would get someone saved and I'd give them this cross. And then the next thing you know, the whole basketball team is getting saved. All these girls are getting saved because this little Catholic girl got saved. And now she got all her friends saved. And now they're going to state and they're posting pictures and they're all holding up their crosses. And I mean, it was amazing. I was telling the story how one time after youth group, my mom and my mom was the youth pastor. She was kind of in the same level as us. We were all kind of just getting hit with this and not knowing really what to do with it. And we got out of a we got out of youth, we would always go eat at like McDonald's or something. And one time this kid, this random kid called and said, I need your help. Where are you at? Just knew to call. We're at McDonald's. So they pull up in McDonald's parking lot. And um, this, he, he goes on to tell us the story. He says, I'm not going to lie. We've been doing some bad things the last several days. Me and my friends have basically been up for about three days. We've been doing a little bit of drugs We've been watching these horror movies, and we decided to go to the cemetery. And he said, we went out to the cemetery, you know, the famous little haunted cemetery, and every, every kid has that in their little hometown. You know what I'm talking about. They go out there. They're walking through the cemetery. They said they heard a scream come from the darkness, and all of a sudden the girl that was with them stiffened up like a board and just fell flat on her back. And they put her in the car, and she didn't need, like, medical attention because when they put her in the car, she was just sitting in the car. And she was awake. She had her eyes open. But she was just, like, non-wouldn't move. I mean, you could have, like, she would have just sat right there. Like, wasn't moving, wasn't flinching, wasn't blinking. Stone cold. And so what did we do? Well, you know what? We're going to pray for her. I remember we got the guitar out. Jumped in that back seat. We didn't know what to do. You know, we had no formula. This is how you pray for someone to get delivered. We got the guitar out. We're just going to sing this devil out of this girl. I'll stand with arms high. Just started just singing over this girl. People, a couple of them praying for this girl. I mean, at some points, too, she would look at you, and when she looked, her eyes were completely black. And you were looking in the face of a true demon. But, you know, we just kept in the name of Jesus, and we were prophesying and praying, and we had no training at all whatsoever. And then she'd get delivered. She got delivered that night. Praise God. She finally got free. Remember one time we, we were finishing youth, and this kid came running through the back door, and he just fell and, and basically started manifesting a demon. And what happened? All of us youth kids that had that baptism of the Holy Ghost got around him and started praying. And next thing you know, he had like, he started tearing off like chains and he had like necklaces. And, you know, he was trying to be like a gangster or something, I guess. I don't know. He just started tearing it all off. And then he got delivered. You know, and it just, it really shows you that there is a real, guys, I'm telling you, there's a real, that, and that was my story. I had this crazy, powerful, full gospel experience, but then I had nothing to do with it. I, know, I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know, I, I didn't know how to search, seek God. I didn't have any mentor. I didn't have a man of God, really. I had great pastors, and I'm not trying to degrade the leadership at all. 
I'm so thankful for those people in my life because they played a huge role in my life. But I'm just telling you, there wasn't anything like teaching you, hey, how to win souls, how to go and, and use this gift that you have now. It was more like, you know, let's just show up and eat eggs at the men's breakfast and, you know, do the normal American church thing. Just great, but <laughs> it's hard when you got the Holy Ghost. And you're living in this place of discontentment because you know that there's so much more, but you're not walking in it. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, worship music, what was good, what was bad. All I had, you know, growing up was like the Methodist, he came to heaven to earth to show the way. You guys know that song? Lord, I lift your name on high. It's a good song. But I remember my sister, she had got the fire of God before any of us. My sister, there was a true youth revival that began to take place and, um, in our area. My sister, she was in high school. This was probably, what, 2007, would you say, 2008? 2007 to 2010. A real move of God was taking place amongst the youth and my sister got the fire and at first our family just didn't understand it until we got it. But she had made me this CD. She went to college. She made me this CD. And again, I didn't have the teaching. I didn't have the 10 points to prayer. I didn't have the 10 points to praise. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. But all I knew was I had, I had him. I knew he was real. I had the Holy Ghost, and I'd put that CD on. And I remember I'd get down on my knees as a kid and lift my hands in the, the glory of God. The same fire that hit me in that youth conference, it would just come into the room. And he'd come on me, and I'd lay in my floor as a teenager, and I'd shake, quake, laugh, cry, weep. And I'd just lay there until God got done with me, and then I'd get up. That's all I knew. And that's why, you know, I ended up going backsliding a little bit. I didn't have any direction. And um, I ended up, you know, when, once you experience that, guys, the Bible says taste and see. It's impossible when you taste that. It's just impossible. I'm telling you, anybody that's had a true encounter with the Holy Ghost, good luck running away from it. Good luck. Everybody in this church, you've already been exposed too much. Amen. Even if you decided to walk away right now and run and, you know what, I'm going to go, your, your life's going to be miserable because you've already, you've already had an encounter with the Lord. And I pray, this is what I'm praying. Like, here's my whole point. I want people to have the, that type of experience that I had. Are you with me? I want to teach the word, but I also want people to encounter Jesus the way that I encountered Jesus. And maybe you'll encounter him differently. Maybe you'll encounter him on a grander scale than I did. But all that I know is that if someone, if that happens to someone, what happened to me, it'll change them forever. Amen. If I'm in this room and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost shows up like he showed up for me when I was 16, I mean, we don't got to worry about revival. We don't have to try to have revival. Amen. We'll have revival. We'll have a mighty move of God's spirit in this region. 
But I do, that's why I always encourage you because either number one, do you remember when that happened to you? Do you remember? Or number two, if it's never happened to you, it can. Amen. And it can't just be, I can't just do it in one prayer service. Guys, are you with me? I can't just like, well, all right, I'm going to pray for everybody. Come line up and I'll lay hands on you and you'll receive it right now. I don't, I don't think that this works that way. I think that a person has to set their heart on it. They have to set their eye on it. They have to set. They have to get hungry. They have to get thirsty. They have to get to that total place of surrender. And it may take you. A, it may take you a couple weeks. It may take you a month. It may take you a year. It may take you to the point where you finally get to that. I am absolutely hungry, desperate. And, and I'm telling you, if we could actually just create a culture like that in our church, we would see God just moving all the time in this place. Because revival, true move of God, I don't think God sovereignly chooses to move greater in certain places than in others. The moving of God's spirit is just a response to the hunger of people. And, you know, it's amazing. I love, like, what happened in Asbury. I had an amazing evangelist friend call me today. And we were talking about this because it just blows all of the politics out of the window. If you're going to have revival, you got to get Reinhardt Bonnke resurrected and you got to invite him and you got to have all this stuff and if, in order to have revival. And then all of a sudden God comes and does something where there's like a bunch of college kids that don't even know, you know, all the points and all the doctrines and all the teachings. I'm telling you guys, I watched the sermon that started the Asbury, and I was, from the flesh, I was unimpressed. But God did it that way on purpose. Because it just blows all of our, we got to have this, 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 and this, and it, it, all of these works and all of these things, it just blows it completely out the window, and you realize that actually all it takes is just hunger. And Jesus, who's alive, will begin to touch people. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I've been thinking about that. I thought about that this morning, and then the words of the Lord came to my mind where Jesus said, return to your first love. You don't love me like you did in the beginning. And I was like, Lord, I want to be drunk in the spirit like I was drunk in the spirit when I was 16. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you remember? Amen. Mom, come on up here. I want you to share. I'm going to put you on the spot. Come up here. Just take a couple minutes, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but tell, tell, I don't even know. But I want you to just ask, the, when was that moment for you? That was the moment for me where everything changed. Do you have kind of a defining, it doesn't have to be as big and crazy and extravagant, but do you have a moment that was like, 
boom, for you. Go ahead. I don't know. I think it was after he went to, he was in Bible college, and he called me and said, Mom, you got to read this book. It's by um, Kenneth Copeland, The Blessing of the Lord. It's a big old thick book. takes forever, but it changed my life. It wasn't just a Holy Spirit. You know, I didn't fall out the floor or anything like that, but it literally changed my thought process. And I bought a book. I bought it for everybody I knew. It was like, you got to read this. And no one wanted to read it because it's too thick and too, <laughs> nobody. I think it's probably all still sitting on there collecting dust. But I, I bought like 10 books and like, read this, read this. It changed my life. It changed my life. And they're like, oh, cool. You know, that's Are there, awesome. It's even worse because they'll read, they'll read it. They'll actually will read it. And you're like, oh. and they're like, yeah, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I even had I had a family member say I just I, don't, I just couldn't get into it. Just you know, couldn't get into it. Yeah. Like it was life changing for me. It was life changing. So it was life changing for me too. That book yeah, was. It yeah. was. So anyway, I just saw things you know so differently than what I had seen. I don't even know how long we'd been you know Christians years, and it's like it just opened up a whole new door to um, faith. And seeing things so different. So that was kind of. Do you ever remember like the spirit of God coming on you, the spirit of joy, anything like that? Kind of like a manifestation taking place? Share on that. I definitely remember spirit of joy. And it was way before that. And it would have been when, when Kelsey, my daughter, was going to a group called 180. And she was the one, like he said, catching the fire. And we were all doubting her. And she wanted to go into ministry for her life, and we're like, yeah, but what are you, gonna, what are you really going to do with your life? Like, that will be cool on the side, but you can't make a living. And we, we told her that, you know, and we felt bad for it later. But, you know, it's like, well, that's great. I mean, that will be a cool side job, but, like, what are you going to really do? You've got to have another job. You've got to have something to fall back on. And anyway, I remember her going, and she would pray. I was a very unhappy person, like, pretty much. How do you know, Preston? You didn't even know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. <clears throat> but, like, the whole time, you know, my kids were growing up. Like, I was just stressed yeah. out mom, you know, yelled a lot. Like, I was a very completely unhappy different. person. You probably wouldn't know me, you know, before. But, like, I was not nice. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I cussed a lot, honestly. I had a bad mouth. People don't believe me, but I'm like, I really did. It was not like, like the dang. No. I'm talking like, like the. The bad ones, you MFs know. and like yeah, some I like, mean, like holy I, I cow. A, I was a mad was person. A, yeah. I was a very <laughs> angry person. Like I don't know, was abandoned my you know just different things in my life, and I was mad, very hurt and hated life. I don't know, whatever. But um, and I'm sure I projected that on, that on my kids, and it was hard for them, you know. But it was within it was my daughter's prayers that changed me, and I look back on that, and I'm I'm so thankful that she was in that movement. And it began to change me. And so don't ever think that your prayers can't change your children, your parents. You know, kids don't think that your prayers can't change your children because I'm a product Hallelujah. of it. I'm a product of it. And so I can remember joy coming into my life at that time. Joy that I had never experienced before. I'm like, what is, what is joy? What is, you know, what is this happy joy thing? Life just sucks. You know, that's basically how it was, you know. <laughs> it was. And, and so... You know, praise the Lord. The Lord came into my life, and that's where it all began to change. Was within that that time frame, two thousand, you know, seven. So to that 10. was the moment the Holy Ghost said, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm yeah. Holy Ghost." Yeah. 
<laughs> Praise God. I think that was the beginning of it, you know. And then we went through a period of like youth, being youth pastors for four years and not really having Holy Ghost really though. I mean, having joy and all that, but, you know, teaching, doing what we could. I, I want to feel, I feel like it was really after a while, during while you were in college and, you know, after that, but we went to a homeless shelter and not because we needed to live there, but we got called into the ministry there. And so we literally, Carissa and John got married and they came and took our position as youth pastors and we moved on to homeless ministry and it was there that we had to seek the Lord like we had no direction. We had no, you know, no one showing us the ropes of training us of what to do. And we had to rely on the Lord more than ever in our lives. And I feel like that changed us, opened up, you know, just gave us a whole new love for people that we hadn't had before and just really grew us, stretched our faith, and Absolutely. it really blossomed there as Praise well. Praise God. But even at that, you know, just living back where we were from, there just wasn't a Holy Spirit-filled church. And John kept saying, then move, move. And I'd come out and visit as much as I could. So ultimately, we did. We moved. You know, we picked, we sold what we had and picked up and left and moved 10, 12 hours from where we were because we wanted a Holy Spirit-filled church. So. Hallelujah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Guys, and I'm telling you, I didn't know. I went to Bible college and didn't get taught any of this stuff. I didn't get taught any of this. You know, it's like crazy because my Bible college, listen, I am so thankful for it because it did a lot of great things for me. But I just remember coming out of Bible college, going into the ministry, serving Lord, and you've, you've heard my story. It wasn't until 2019 that I got back in the flow. That was only a few years ago. Because in 2019, the Lord opened up a door. And I'll go ahead and give you guys this nugget as well. The Bible says that God causes all things to work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You know, if, if you have any kind of heart for God, I'm going to tell you, it's not easy to miss his will. And I hope that that sets someone free in this room because there's people that literally think, Oh my gosh, you know, the Lord told me to wear a green shirt today and I accidentally wore an orange shirt. And so therefore I must, I, what if I'm outside of the will of God? What if God opens up a door of opportunity and I completely miss it? I'm telling you that if, if, you're, if you love God genuinely, even if you're like, you know what? I love God, but I got some issues, right? The Lord is sanctifying me. I want to learn. I want to grow, but, but I love him. You're not going to easily miss his will. When God opened up the door originally for this church to get started, you many of you know it was underneath Clawson. The pastor left. We were the youth pastors. That's a whole other testimony. And they were going to sell this place off to Dairy Queen. And I was like, holy cow, we can't sell this place. We got, you know. So I went and had a meeting and said, how much will you rent me the building for? And it just somehow transitioned to them say, why don't we make you the pastor? Wow, Okay. Scared, yeah, I had about y'all's response. Seriously? <laughs> okay. But it drove me to this place where I was hungry. And I remember crying out to God in 2019. And I said, Lord, I've been to Bible college. I've been in the ministry. I've been serving you all these years. And I said, but I felt you more when I was 16 years old than I do right now. I knew something was missing. 
And then that's immediately, I had a friend call me within two days and say, have you ever heard of this guy, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown? Nope, never heard of him. He just came to our Bible college, and now there's revival breaking out. You should look him up. Looked him up, the fire came. Because the minister that originally ministered to me when I was 16 years old is a part of his ministry. It's so weird being 27, and this year I watched as that man that I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at 16 was standing on Dr. Rodney's stage. I'm like, holy cow. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, when I came back into it in 2019, I had been searching. 2019, how old would I have been in 2019? What is it, 2023? Four years ago? I would have been 23. When, I know, when you're young, like us, it seems like a long time. You guys are like, I blinked, and it was 2019. I, f- I took a nap, and I woke up, and it was 2023. For us, it felt like a long time. We've only been in, in this kind of position for a few years. Isn't that crazy? We haven't even been in it five years as this position. I'm excited. I'm expectant because I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I got all these dreams. What's, why, isn't it, why isn't it here? And the Lord's like, hey, you know, you're getting there. <laughs> Amen. Why don't you give yourself like five years, you know, at least, and we'll, we'll talk. Anyways, I'm not saying we have to wait. All I'm saying is it's crazy. It seems a lot longer than it actually has been. But um, I recognize that fire because I was searching from 16 to 23. For seven years, I was searching for that fire that I got. And whenever I saw this, I recognized it. I was like, there it is. That's it. That is it. And then the rest is history. You know, the Lord, me and my wife, because when you grow up in religious Christianity, you'll drink. We did that. We drank. We did all that stuff. Because in, you know, Dallas, Bible Belt Christianity, that's what you do. Right? You go to small groups, and it's, hey, let's bring your favorite beer to small groups, and that's just what you do. And, and listen, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just telling you, like, immediately when we came back into it, all these problems, it was just like poof, fire, just burned it all off. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's why I'm so adamant about it. You know, I'm thankful for other churches. I'm thankful for other denominations. I realize we're all brothers and sisters, but I'm telling you, I've tried Christianity without this, and it does not work. It doesn't work. I've tried serving God without fire. It doesn't work. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bryson, come up and tell, tell when you had that. Just a few more minutes. You guys okay for a few more minutes? When was that moment where it was like, hey, I'm Holy Ghost. How are you? Nice to meet you. It was about uh, two years ago. And l- before I say that, let me preface it with this. If you have a chance to disciple someone, take that time and, and do it right. Chain them up in the foundations of, of the Bible because that's really what got me to where I am now. Um, but either way, um, I had a chance to come visit my brother James for about a, a week is what it started, turned into three weeks, which was a testimony. Um, 
And in the first week, he was, you know, teaching me about this Holy Ghost stuff. I was raised a Baptist boy. I was like, yeah, it might be for some people, but it ain't for me. And then James was like, oh, yeah, here's a Bible. Prove it to me. I was like, well, he got me there. <laughs> and, and so he was like, all right, let me, let me show you. He took me through the word, and I was like, okay, I'm going to seek for this thing. And about a week and a half later, um, we were having Thursday night prayer, and I was just sitting in this second row right over here somewhere, and man, I, I, I figured out that God's name was Jehovah Rapha, and so I was just praising him under that name. I mean, it pertains, other than he's God, it pertains really nothing to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It pertains to healing. I was just saying, Jehovah Rapha, I praise you. I mean, I was just, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, uh, and I, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was just sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, I just, <laughs> I just felt a quickening in my belly, man, and oh, <laughs> Uh, I just started speaking in tongues, and I'm telling you, I was, I was just like, I was like, what the world was that? I was like, I, that was me. <laughs> and so, then it was, it was that same night that I, I went home after prayer because I was like, I was awake. I couldn't sleep. I tried to go to sleep. I was like, I need to sleep on that, and I couldn't go to sleep. So I woke up and I was praying. And it was that same night that God told me to, to move down here. And, 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 man, I mean, the rest is history. But, man, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So if, <laughs> if you have a chance to disciple someone and, and to raise them up, and, and even if it's, you know, like, man, he's only down here for a week, take that time. Take it and run with it. And if you have family who's, who's been stubborn over the phone, because that was me for James for six months. He would talk for two hours, and I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. But for six months, he was persistent. And then I had a chance to come down here for a week. And guess what? He was still persistent. And it paid off. Thank you, James. I'll have another one in a second. But, I, you know, I was thinking about that, too, just your first love. Say, remember when. I was thinking about our first love. And I was like, you remember when we got out of Bible college, how we would just be in a living room with a guitar and just break out and worship. <laughs> oh, man. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, and it wasn't like, well, we got to worship now. You know, it's time, it's time for church. It's time to worship just because you just love God. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. I remember being in Bible college, and we would go get under a pavilion, whatever, and just with some guitars and out there for hours worshiping God. Because that's what you do when you're in love with God. <laughs> that's what you do when you're overflowing with joy. And then it made me think because you said James would call and talk to you for hours. Because that's what you do when you're overflowing with the Holy Ghost. You'll call like a lunatic and talk to someone for two hours about Jesus. 
And I was thinking about that, you know, and I was like, Lord. <laughs> I remember even being just fresh, married, and I mean, we couldn't sit down from, for a conversation with someone or for a meal, and it was just like, tell me your testimony. I want to hear your testimony. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about what we're doing right now. Tell, do you remember, what was it like for you? You know, and it's so sad because a lot of people, it's just like, they want to sit down. They don't want to talk at all. Or we only want to talk about them when, when, we're, when there's an agenda, when we have to. I need to talk about the Lord. I need to pour into this person. I need to address. But I'm talking about the overflow. You just overflow. And the Lord was reminding me of that. And I said, Lord, just take me back. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Miss Jane, will you come up? Just share, share that moment where the Holy Ghost came to you and said, Hi, Miss Jane. I'm Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, I was really privileged to be in a Word of Life church. My pastor came out from under Brother Hagen, but before that, I... I I was divorced. I was driving a school bus in Lumberton with my had my two kids, single mom, and uh, I thought that I had just really I thought because re being raised Baptist that I had committed the unpardonable sin, kind of like Bryston. I thought that was for other people, but I was not good enough. But the Is that yeah, being divorced. Uh, well, I'm tr I'm getting ahead of okay. myself, but anyway. Um, so the Lord sent Brother Ricky Edwards, who had came out from under Brother Hagen, and he graduated from Rama, to the bus barn to be a bus driver. And when I found out he was coming, something inside of me just got excited. And, uh, and I know it was just, you know, my spirit. And uh, I had had a dream right before he came that uh, people in <laughs> white robes and a lamp were going around to us as we were pulling into the bus barn and asking us where we saved. So I started getting hungry, you know, and then he comes and uh, I saw people, some of these bus drivers were really, uh, they were really hard people and one lady was even an atheist and an alcoholic. She got saved and God completely changed her. So I thought, well, I'm going to go visit this church and uh he, I got under conviction, and I just left. Uh, I left, church was over, and I, I couldn't get out quick enough because I just wanted to cry. I was under conviction. Well, he told that bus driver, call her and tell her to go to your house. And anyway, he got on the phone with me. I rededicated my life to the Lord. Then they invited me to their house to, be, to go over the scriptures. He went all over the scriptures with me about the Holy Ghost. And then he came to the one about if, um, you know, your, your father, uh, let's see, how does it go? Yeah, gives good gifts to, unto their kids. How much more will the, our Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? He said, Jane, all you got to do is ask. So him and his wife laid hands on me, and he laid hands on me, and it felt like hot oil just going right down the center of my being. Not over me, but down the center of my being. But at the same time, I was shaking my head. And he said, Jane, wait. He said, you realize you're shaking your head? 
and I said, I, 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 I think this is for other people, but I believe it's for other people, but I'm just not good, you know? And so it took me a little bit before I started speaking in tongues. But I got so on fire for the Lord that I witnessed to all the bus drivers. We had a blackboard in the, at the bus barn. I wrote scriptures all over, witnessed to all my family. I got to see four of my siblings come back in and serve the Lord and get filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, some of my, my nephew and just... And kids on the bus, I just had some wonderful experiences. And the first time I saw the Shekinah glory was in that church, too. Yeah. So, well, I was sitting there, and it got real foggy, and I kept, you know, rubbing my eyes. I wasn't wearing glasses, and I thought, what is going on? And it was the Shekinah glory. And we would go on Tuesdays to Bible study, and uh, I would leave there, Drunk. I didn't know what it was at first, you know, it's because when I first came in and I would leave there, so I'd be drunk. And <laughs> I didn't even know what it was, but I've never been the same since. Never been the same. It's It's been great. Hallelujah. Everybody's got some story. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's what the Lord told me to do was tonight was bring some people up and let them share. And then, you know, me personally, I'm just asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, put in me that first love again, that first love Take me back. Thank you, Jesus. Just a couple more, just a few more minutes. Doc, can you come up? Will you share? Come on up. Mr. Doc, when was the moment for you that the Holy Ghost came and said, Hi, I'm Holy Ghost. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, God, I'm enjoying the testimonies. There is, there is power in testimonies. Full gospel businessman figured that out years ago. Oh, okay. I'm old. I'm not, a, I'm not a very good holder, am I? Okay, okay well, you, you, you can take care of me then. <laughs> Somebody has to. I love, I love you. Yeah, I do. I love these testimonies, and they're, they're wonderful. And they, they bring strength, and they bring joy, and they bring peace, and they, they, it's wonderful. The Holy Ghost is wonderful. I do remember. I found it. And I went to, a, I was in a full gospel church, and I, 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 um, I actually set out to, I was Baptist and had been taught against it. And I was like, uh, 
Okay. I'm going to go. I'm, I went into the Bible to prove that the Holy Ghost was wrong and the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's that's what I. That's what the devil had me to do, or maybe it wasn't the devil though, because wow. that ain't how it come out. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it isn't. And then, okay, it's for me. Why I could not receive the baptism, I would not loose my tongue to it. I would not yield my spirit to it. And I don't know, I had to, I had, I went down for, I don't know how many different preachers came and hands laid on me and none of that worked. I was just, I was just, I just give up. I mean, I was just, I can't get it. It's, and one one Sunday afternoon, alone in the home, and I, I just laying there loving the Lord, thinking how wonderful he is. By then, my, I mean, I had my kids in church. My, me and my wife were both filled with the Holy Ghost. She, she, she uh, had a little head start on me when the Holy Ghost. She was raised United Pentecostal, so she she had a lot of Pentecostal in her. <laughs> not, <laughs> not really. I'm joking about that. <laughs> she really didn't. She didn't. <laughs> Her mother had a lot of the Holy Ghost in her, but my wife did not. <laughs> but she was sweet, and she wanted it. And Same. She received. Glory to God. <laughs> I did okay on that. <laughs> Y'all, what come rolling out of my mouth? That warmness. the completeness of God in my being. It was, I guess it was the fire of God. I never heard that. Mm. Nobody had told me that. I hadn't really, I mean, I've heard of the fire of God being in a revival and different things like that, but not coming on individuals and filling them, you know, and, but, uh, it just rolled out of me and it just kept rolling out of me and kept rolling out I couldn't get enough of it I couldn't go to sleep at night I'd walk the roads half the night early in the morning praying in the Holy Ghost <laughs> praying believing God things were happening I'd read the Bible I, I, I found in the scriptures a um, that God would heal me if I just go down and let the elders pray on me and anoint me with oil. So I went to the church the next Wednesday night, and I, I told Brother Lewis uh, uh, I wanted I wanted the elders to pray for me. I found that scripture and I anoint me with oil. I wanted to get healed. I had hemorrhoids at at, at that time just. Uh, the guy I went to to get them cut out sometimes, 
he said, well, listen, here's, I'm going to send it off. It may get you a grand champion award. It is the biggest that I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, he was kind of a nutty, <laughs> funny guy, you know. <laughs> but uh, from that day forth, I've never had another hemorrhoid. God healed me. From when you got prayed for. Right? Yes. Wow. And you know what? They wasn't going to, the pastor was not going to pray for me that night. It was, a, it was first assembly of God. Wow. And I love the people in the church. Yeah. And I, uh, it's not the assembly of God that's, anyway, but I had to stand up and almost interrupt him before he started the, the, the preaching. I wanted, they said, come on, come on up here, you know. <laughs> that's when it started in my life, and that's how it happened in my life. And it was, I had to work a little harder than some because I'd worked a little harder against it. So, you know, I thank God, you know. So works. when they prayed for you, that's like, you feel like something changed. Not only you got healed, but something. Something Fire of God came came in me, and it was so real, and it was so complete, and it it did complete me, and it did. I mean, in the in the aftermath of this, we were able to start a a a work that was a teaching center, and uh, it was glorious. It got people. It did. It did. It was a it was, it was wonderful, and they was like years. I run for years, just full of God and full of the Holy Ghost, laying my hands on the sick and them recovering, laying my hands on people to receive the baptism, and uh, and uh, but then I. I walked away. Don't ever do that. It's no good. Amen. <laughs> I didn't leave. I never quit God, but I quit church. Mm. Well, that's really quitting God, but, you know. Mm. And I didn't go for, well, we, we looked for churches. We did. We looked, searched hard for a church, me and my wife. I've been to every cowboy church. I've been to all kind of different ones up and down the highways <laughs> that I could find. That I, I, I wanted a Holy Ghost filled church, though. I did. I, that was one of my requirements, and and God led me here in '21. Actually, just the very end of '21, I snuck in on. Uh, uh, what was his name? Who? David King. David King. That's the guy. And and um, I'd I'd seen a little man had found it on the cell phone that y'all were advertising going to be here. Well, we slipped in here a week before just to see what you look like and, <laughs> and uh, see if there's anything here we might could, yeah. you know, because I was a bit, bit gun shy of churches by then. And maybe I was just wanting to find something wrong. I don't know, but not really. I really wanted to find something right. Amen. And I am working my way back to 
a fullness of God and a fullness of his power working in me. And that did. That Holy Ghost will change your life. You need it. Everybody needs it. I don't care who you are. You need the Holy Ghost. Go after it. Seek it. I mean, I had to fight for it a little bit. It won't hurt you. Go get it. Go get it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're honored, we're honored to have you. We're honored to have every one of you here. Amen. We love you. We want you here. I will warn you, though. Don't think you found the perfect church. Because <laughs> there is no perfect church. There isn't one. People. We're good. Yeah, we're good. There's no doubt. <laughs> No, but, you know, with people, you know, that's the thing, that there's, I've really been wanting to study, and I, I would encourage this, I'm thinking about buying this book for everybody, but it's called The Bait of Satan. Anybody ever read The Bait of Satan? You've read, you, yeah, you read that, you said that you've read that. I'm reading it, and it's about offense, and it talks about how that, you know, John Bevere by the bait of yeah the bait of Satan by John Bevere and it talks about offense and he talks about how that's the thing that destroys churches it destroys Christians and he said there's two groups of people number one those that have genuinely been wronged and number two those that believe they've genuinely been wronged amen you know because there's people that haven't been wronged but they genuinely believe that something wrong was done to them even if there wasn't you know and um You'll always have an opportunity, like, that's the thing in life. You'll always have an opportunity. If you haven't yet, trust me, you will, to be offended. Not just by me or a church, but in general, by anybody. By your grandma, amen. And then you just basically have to decide, I am not going to be offended. He was talking about uh, in that book, like, David he was like, you know, Saul, because people are like, oh, the pastor, he wore yellow socks. And it offended me. But, but you know, he was talking about even in the Bible how many people had a right to be offended. Like Joseph had a right to be offended. David, Saul tried to kill him. He had a right to be defend, offended, but yet he still, he still served he still served the Lord. He still served where the Lord called him to. Amen. And so I just encourage everybody with that. There is no perfect church. If you haven't been offended, either I will. <laughs> look at your neighbor. Now look at your other neighbor. Somebody in this room at some point will offend you. Amen. You'll offend me. I'll offend you. We'll offend each other. At some point, it'll happen. And I'm telling you, we all have to just decide. Like, we got to walk in love we got to walk in humility, and we just have to decide, I'm just not going to be offended. Amen? I'm just not going to be offended. Amen? Hallelujah. Guys, there's still so many of you that have powerful stories, and don't be surprised if I call you up. Don't be surprised if I call you up, Brother Chance, soon. Um. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's power in the testimony. 
Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted you guys to hear that because the power of God's real. Jesus is real. The Holy Ghost is real. We don't need just to come in here and me give you another seven-point sermon of information and knowledge. That's great. There's a time. We do that a lot. But I, I, want, I want people to get this. I want our kids to get this. This is what will save Generation Z. The fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.